Hi there, and welcome to the Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion, where our main aim is education through a conversation. Through our conversations, delve deep into all things related to the tradesperson contracting community, from news to education to industry happenings, helping you do better business while building a better and improved South African tradesmen and women contracting community. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. A warm welcome to our audience. My name is Willem Klopper. I'm your host. And in this episode, we will discuss the path to success with one of the captains of the plumbing industry, Mr. Brendan Reynolds. Where did Brendan's career start and how did it lead within the plumbing industry to him eventually achieving the role of executive director of IOPSA? What challenges does he face within his role and how does he find the balance between addressing those challenges and his everyday tasks? Through this conversation, we hope to share a little motivation and inspiration with those of us who have dreams and aspirations of taking their careers to the next level. Now, with me in studio, I have Mr. Brendan Reynolds, the Executive Director of IOPS. So, Brendan, welcome to our studio and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Willem. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Just before we give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves, let's hit the brakes. We'd like to remind our audience that this episode is proudly brought to you by Articulate It Plumber. Brendan, I've got quite a few questions that I would like to ask you, but just before I do, uh, I'd like for you to just introduce yourself to the audience uh, by starting off, uh, just just tell us from a professional perspective, uh, what is your current role within IOPSA and what is IOPSA's role within the plumbing industry as a whole? So my name is Brendan Reynolds. I'm, I'm executive director, as you said, of the Institute of Plumbing South Africa, IOPSA. And uh, my role really is to run the, the day-to-day business of IOPSA. So IOPSA, as you know, Willem, is, uh, is a voluntary organization. So our board is made up of volunteers, and those volunteers need somebody to run the day-to-day operations because they simply don't have the time. And IOPSA has grown quite large, so... There's, there's quite a lot of work to be done. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like the MD of an, of an organization. Um, I have staff below me and we run the day-to-day operations of IOPSA. IOPSA itself is a, a non-profit organization. It's uh, just over 30 years old. And, and we uh, are involved in all aspects of anything to do with plumbing in South Africa. So be it from uh, schools to colleges to the curriculum, the trade test, uh, standards, legislation, uh, auditing, inspection, customer complaints, uh, promoting the trade of plumbing, promoting young people to, to look at plumbing as a good career option, all these sort of things that we get involved in. So, so pretty much, if it's got to do with plumbing, somehow we're involved in it. I hope so is involved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brendan, where did your career start? And in that start of your career, what led you to decide on on that specific career? That's an interesting question. So uh, in order to answer, I actually have to go back a couple of generations. So my grandfather was uh, one of the first potters at uh, Vol Potteries. And um, he was brought out by Vol Potteries from, from the UK. He was a potter, obviously, by trade. And he was brought out to come and start the factory, the first uh, first factory that Val did, building toilets and basins and things like that. And um, uh, 
Uh, my mom then went also into the into the plumbing industry after that, and uh, and I just kind of followed suit, I suppose. And uh, I initially started as uh, uh, some of the older plumbers in the industry will remember the color chips that you used to get. Uh, I used to pack those color chips, you know, the ones that showed you what the different colors of toilets and things that you could get. I used to pack those. That was my job. And uh, and then from there, I moved to a company called uh, General Plumbing Supplies, which was a um, quite a large plumbing merchant at the time based in Arsando in Kempton Park. And, uh, and there I started as a picker. So overalls and safety boots, running around, fetching the supplies for the plumbers, uh, and I did that for for a number of years, but I progressed and became a storeman and became a receiving clerk. Eventually, um, I, had st- I did some buying and worked in dispatch for a while, moved into sales. And so I progressed through the organization until eventually uh, in the early 90s, um, uh, BOM, the, the group that owned General Plumbing Supplies was called BOMAT at the time. Again, I think the older plumbers will remember that. And, uh, and they decided to consolidate their operations into their plumbing operations into an organization called Plumlink. And at the time, um, I was um, asked to be the branch manager of the Isando branch. And so then from there, you know, it was a progression. I was a branch manager for many years, moved through various different positions, uh, eventually ended up at Plumlink head office. And um, and had many different roles there um, until I was the, uh, the the regional manager for the inland. At the time, it was called the inland region of of Plumlink. Uh, and at a at a stage, then I got I just got tired of the corporate life. Um, Plumlink's a great organisation to work for, but uh, it, it's a hard organisation. They do they demanding. <laughs> you, they want uh, they want performance constantly so it got to a stage where I thought I need a bit more time with my family and that's when I decided to leave. Uh, took a little bit of time trying to decide what I wanted to do and I wasn't quite sure and at the time I was looking at getting into heat pumps uh, when my father-in-law passed away sadly um, and my wife inherited a, a small scale business uh, and she asked me to come in and assist her just just get the business up and running again. And the plan was for me to, to be there for six months. And six months became six years. <laughs> <laughs> so so the initial thought of taking a, a small break from the corporate industry or, or whatever, it turned into a six-year break. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and listen, it was great. Uh, my wife and I, to be honest, I know a lot of people struggle with that, but we worked very well together. And... Um, and, and, and it was nice, you know, it was, uh, it was a good business and, and it worked quite well and uh, we were enjoying it. The only thing for me was a small business in that industry, we actually don't realize how spoiled we are in the plumbing industry because uh, the plumbing industry is very much a community and we, we're very involved with each other and we talk to each other, the suppliers, opposition, plumbers, merchants, retailers, we all interact all the time actually. Uh, we don't realize that being in the plumbing industry, we don't realize how spoiled we are with that commun- sense of community. Uh, I can tell you that in the scale industry, it's not like that at all. It's a very isolated, you, you're very much isolated in your own business. And, and I struggled with that. 
you know, having been 25 years or whatever it was uh, in an industry that was such a community, uh, I felt from a business sense, from a business point of view, I felt quite isolated in the scale industry. Um, and then, uh, then uh, the Gary McNamara, who was uh, my predecessor at IOPSA, was immigrating, and um, and the opportunity came available, and I put in my CV. Um, really, honestly, not expecting much to be dead honest. I put in my CV, and I, I went for a couple of interviews, and then a couple more interviews, uh, and eventually I was offered the position. It's quite an interesting story is that uh, I had been planning a trip to, uh, to Everest, to Mount Everest. And it was happening in the, in the May, in the April, sorry. Of that specific year. Yes. And, uh, and they wanted me to start immediately, and, I w- and it was February. And I said, guys, but, you know, if I start in <laughs> February. I'm going to work for a month, and then I'm going to go climb a mountain. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, it, uh, and it was uh, just over three weeks that I would be away. And they said, no, nope, doesn't matter. We want you. We, yeah, we've got to come in. And, and that's how I ended up at IOPSA. And uh, one thing is about plumbing, and I think you're experiencing this now, Willem, it kind of gets in your bones. Somehow it gets into your bones. So I've seen many people like myself that have moved out of the industry for a couple of years always seem to end up back in the industry because there is it, it does get into your bones and, I've got a real passion for that, honestly, a deep, deep passion for this third generation in this industry, um, and I really have a deep passion for it. So for me, it's it's almost a dream job. I, I've got to tell you that I had quite recently with uh, one of the plumbing uh, suppliers, um, one of the big names in the industry of suppliers, and uh, the, the, the person who I had the interview with uh, or the podcast with, he mentioned that before he, he, he joined this specific plumbing supply uh, manufacturer, if I can call that, uh, that he used to be in the technology industry. Um, he used to, to, to market uh, televisions and, and radios and those kind of things. But he said that, you know, he, he, looking back on the years that he spent there, and, and, you know, it was so completely different from the plumbing community. And he finds the plumbing industry and the plumbing community, the word that you use, the community, that he finds the people so down to earth. And, you know, if you, if you, if, if you, if you want to sh- share a crude word, you can share a crude word. You know, you can, he, he says he loves this industry so much in comparison to he, he would struggle to move uh, back to, you know, marketing other types of industries. Um, he, he just loves this industry so much. And and hearing that from from a perspective, he's not a plumber himself. Um, it's just that he landed in the plumbing industry as as a marketing manager, and he loves the industry and yeah. because of the people and the community. Absolutely, it's the truth and salt of the earth. And and yeah, I think you make a very important point there. Is when we think about the plumbing community, we tend to think about plumbers, but the the plumbing community is. Very broad, you know. There's uh, there's people that are in manufacturing, marketing, sales, um, uh, all sorts of different roles within, but still within the plumbing community. And I think that's part of what makes it so special is that diversity. Just before we continue the conversation, it's time to hit the brakes again. 
Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Welcome back. I think uh, the the average consumer out there, the 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 general public, have have a complete misperception of plumbers and the plumbing industry and plumbing work specifically. They've got absolutely no clue of the complexity of plumbing work and the knowledge and skills and the competencies that that plumbers should have or must have in order to to uh, not make a mess out of the things that we as the general public take for granted, like toilets, properly flushing toilets, uh, properly f- functional sewer systems that, that takes our human waste away. You know, those are the kind of things that we as the, the general public take for granted. Um, but we do not understand or, or perhaps do not know the complexity behind it and, and, and having it work functionally. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's so true. You know, the average um, homeowner or, or consumer, you know, they when, when, when they push that button on the toilet, they just want to make sure that, that what's in the toilet bowl disappears. Uh, they don't care how or why or where. They just want to know that it goes. Or when they open the hot water tap, some hot water must come out and the water must be clean. And that's all they're interested. What happens behind the scenes they have no idea about. And, and I think that's a big part of the problem is that um, they don't understand how complex it is and therefore they don't describe the same kind of value to it. But I think we need to change the conversation with them and, 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 and say to them, who do you want touching your water? Who do you want working on your water? The water that you drink, that your children drink, that you wash your kids in, that you wash your clothes with, who, who do you want touching that water? And especially, uh, I think in this regard, uh, COVID has, has maybe helped bring that awareness to people of hygiene and health. Uh, and, and similarly, who do you want taking your, your waste, waste, that stuff that you don't want to see or smell or touch or you don't want anything to do with it, it must just go away. Who do you want ensuring that that goes away? And I think if we can start changing the narrative uh, that people start to understand that that a plumber really, uh, what a plumber is really doing is a plumber is sorting out your hygiene in your home. That, that's what the plumber actually is doing. Is bringing. I remember a plumber once saying to me, a plumber brings life into the building and takes death out of the building. And, and, and I love that analogy. That's the kind of narrative that we need to get into the public's heads because currently, if it's just a, a, a plumber, he's just going to connect a pipe and then the water will come out the tap. So then I can, then I can pay him cheaply because there's not a lot of value to that in the in the customer's perception. But when uh, when we change the narrative for the customer really to be thinking about their health and their hygiene and their, that of their family, uh, I think they'll be much more prepared to pay pay a professional a decent fee because they'll see more value in it. So I think there's a lot to be said for changing that narrative. Just before we started recording, you and I discussed, uh, you know, that if you if you needed heart surgery and you're lying on that uh, theater table um, waiting for the doctor to come and operate on your heart, you certainly do not want, um, you know, the, the, the normal GP, the house doctor, to come and perform the heart surgery on you. 
you would rather prefer the heart surgeon who is actually the qualified and experienced heart surgeon. Um, and and I think it should be the same for plumbing. Absolutely. You know, I think I think people the 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 the, the perception should be uh, sort of you mentioned it. You know, we should change that narrative for for the the, the average consumer and the general public out there to understand. Uh, you know. And have more appreciation because I think the only time that they that they really appreciate and and see the value of plumbers and plumbing work is when they don't have the convenience of properly functioning plumbing in their homes. When they don't have that hot shower to take, they turn the tap up and then there's no hot water, or they flush a toilet and whatever is in there doesn't want to flush away. That's the only time that people actually understand the value of of, of plumbers. Absolutely, but you know. Getting back to what I said about not not wanting, um, you know, the, the normal GP, and then it's not it's not to to, you know, to be derogative to to normal GPs. I mean, each person have their function, and so do qualified plumbers, the professional plumbers. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree with you, uh, and and you know, in this regard, I think sometimes we 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 as an industry can be our own worst enemies. You know, so. If the person that arrives at your house to do the work comes in a clapped out old dented bucky and he gets out and his pants are hanging halfway down his bum and uh, he's dirty and he's smelly and, you know, does that look like a professional? Does it feel like a professional? So if it doesn't look like a, a, a professional, it doesn't feel like a professional, then it probably isn't a professional. Um, you know, and and I think in a lot of ways over the years, um, we've 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 done some damage to our own reputations. But I'm very pleased to say that so many plumbers now um, are taking their businesses very seriously, very professionally, and and uh, you know I've seen a lot of plumbers. In fact, I want to say the majority of plumbers nowadays uh, would arrive in a clean bucky, sign written. Guys have got uh, corporate clothing, decent, uh, you know, decent corporate clothing and, and overalls, and they've got the right PPE, and they uh, introduce themselves properly to the, the the client, and all of a sudden, it's a different conversation, you know. This is not some backyard plumber, you know. No, that's it's not uh, your average handyman who says, exactly. I know how to put a few pipes together. Let me come and fix your plumbing. Yeah, exactly. And I also think, you know, Brennan goes back to the plumbers now accepting the fact that they are professionals at what they do, their, their industry, and their specific skilled trade, and, and taking pride in that. Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a question of taking pride, and this is who I am, this is what I do. Let me, you know, I take pride in what I do. So, so I want to I appear good to, the, to my consumer and my, and my customers, but I also, you know, I want to do what I do correctly and 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 certainly that's that you know the consumers out there are becoming more aware of the industry bodies and 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 the sort of you know that they realize that there are plumbers out there who are professional and who are members of bodies like iopsa and and registered with bodies like the prb the uh, the plumbing industry registration board um, those are the type of guys who actually take pride in what they do and who see themselves and view themselves as the professional. They're the heart surgeons of the of the of the plumbing industry. Yeah. yeah. But we've worked very hard on that um and, and 
and talking to plumbers and educating plumbers about how important that is. And the pride element, I think you hit on the on the key thing there. The, the pride, and we should be proud of our industry. Our industry is a critical, critical industry, and the and the plumber is uh, the most important cog in the wheel of the plumbing industry. Uh, they they are what makes this industry what it is, and uh, I think that pride and plumbers really need to be. They shouldn't say, oh, I'm a plumber. I hear a lot of guys saying, I'm just a plumber. They should stand up, put their shoulders back and say, yeah, no, I'm a plumber, you know. I'm, I'm a plumber. And, uh, and, and as much as a guy that's a doctor or a lady that's a, that's a heart surgeon would, uh, would say it with passion and with pride, we need to be saying that because we perform, and I think we've all seen it now through COVID, Uh-huh. Uh, where where all these fancy jobs all of a sudden, what did they mean? Why, why did you need a stockbroker during hard lockdown, or exactly. why did you need a a, a a media who's a what's it? I don't know. You didn't need them, but man, you needed the plumber. It was an essential service. Absolutely, something and that we cannot exist without. Exactly, it's real. Mm. It's not some pie in the sky, uh, computer program running thing that you. It's real when you don't have water. That's when you know that it's real. So uh, we, we really must take pride in that. We bring life into the building and we take death out. That We've got to remember that and be proud of it. And just before we continue the conversation, it's time to hit the brakes again. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy-to-follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. Welcome back. I want to go back to something that you said when you, you, you know, your humble beginnings in being a picker in the store and you put those those colors together of the different types of uh, the toilets and the basins and, the, and matching bath sets. <laughs> do, do, do toilets and bath sets and, and, and basin sets still come in different colors? <laughs> or are they mainly white? <laughs> I, I haven't seen, you know, most, most of the time the old, you know, the 40-year-old houses may still have a pink, a pink toilet or a green toilet or a blue toilet for that matter. But are those still around or are they mainly not as, not as many different colors but there are a lot of different colors and you will be very surprised to know that they sell very well uh, especially in particular markets look white uh, white sanitary wear i think it will always be the biggest seller and um, certainly in hotels and that sort of thing uh, they, they always choose white and there's a good reason for that because the avocado green toilet uh, it starts to fade <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> and then when the cistern breaks and you need to buy a new one, then you've got a light green avocado toilet with a dark green avocado. And it doesn't match. <laughs> it doesn't match so lacquer. So that's why uh, all commercial buildings and uh, even townhouse developments and that sort of thing, they try and stay away from colors. So I think white will always be the biggest. But a lot of people make that choice in their own homes. So if you go to the likes of uh, CTM and Itiltal and um, Bathroom Bazaar, those kind of places, you'll see a lot of coloured sanitary wear. Still out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Brendan, you, 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 know, you mentioned um, the ladder that you climbed 
to where you are today and and climbing the ropes and and and, and moving through 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 different positions and fulfilling different roles and and along the way certainly you 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 acquired a great understanding of plumbing work and i mean you cannot sell plumbing equipment and parts and components to plumbers who do the work out there if you yourself do not understand what they do and how they do and how they must do it and according to which standards they must do it and what it must comply with and those kind of things uh, is that correct you certainly that i mean you you must have built up a, 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 you know, a huge reserve. I can't call it a reserve for lack of better words of, of understanding and knowledge and, and experience in the plumbing industry. Absolutely. So I think it's like any career, to be honest, Philip. I think you could, uh, you could be a, a salesperson of plumbing material uh, and not improve and, in, and increase and grow your knowledge. You could just sit there and, and you can be that guy, you know, that just sits there and takes the order and that's it. But, uh, but I think if you, if you have a passion for the industry, you want to know more. You always want to know more. So uh, not only myself, but many other people in the industry, uh, every opportunity we, we got, we were, we were at uh, product training or we, uh, we attended IOPSA meetings or uh, we were learning about standards, or whatever, wherever we could learn, we learned. And uh, and I and I'm sad to say that uh, that that culture seems to have been to a degree lost in our industry. I think everybody is so busy um, and and so focused on just almost survival that we've lost that culture. And uh, what I find with the youngsters now is that they they. They almost they're always asking what's in it for me, what's in it for me, and and that's the wrong way to go about it. Uh, you invest. You need to look at it as investing in yourself. The more knowledge you have, nobody can ever take that knowledge away from you. You have it; it's entrenched in you. You'll have it forever. So, so look at it as investing in yourself, and then you become more exactly. valuable. It's about it's as about the value that you will add. To the industry as a whole, your your employer, not only your employer, but to the industry, the plumbing industry as a whole. Sorry, I interrupted you very rudely there, no, but no. I just had to add that. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's what it's about, you know. And then uh, over time, you you you're seen as more valuable because you have the knowledge. And then that's when that's when you start to get offered uh, uh, bigger and more important uh, jobs, or um, you know, career advancement, or you know, if I relate this to a plumber working out there, uh, he, he or she would be able to then take on different jobs that are more complex that other people can't do and they're able to specialize more and be seen as the expert in the industry and then grow their business. So it's invaluable and, uh, and, and all I can say is that um, I was very fortunate to have people that guided me in the right direction right at the beginning of my career and once you're on this learning path, and it doesn't have to be formal, it doesn't have to be uh, with a university or something, but once you are on this learning path, you just see how you develop as a human being, and then you just continue that throughout your life. And um, I can, yeah, I must say it's a great feeling when you when you have that knowledge behind you because it it is powerful. It 
you, you know, you, when you know things, um, it does give you a, 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 an, an element of, of, of power, especially in conversations and negotiations and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, wasn't it Nelson Mandela who said that education and knowledge is power? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Brendan, and, and that's also where continuous development comes in, or professional development, CPD for that matter, comes in. I mean, the, the plumbers, before we started recording, you and I mentioned, or you, you mentioned to me that, you know, X amount of years ago, many years ago, that the plumbing industry, uh, there was slow change to it. But if you look at technology and and new things that come into the market, new types of products that come into the market, new types of materials that come into the market, uh, new methods of, of performing a specific task or job, uh, you know, it is now moving at accelerating pace. You know, the technology is, 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 is evolving and it won't ever stop evolving and it, and it is evolving at accelerating pace, accelerated pace. So, so people do need to keep up, uh, you know, with what is happening in the industry. New, new, to, new tools, new methods, new products, new, new technology, new ways of doing things, whatever the case may be. If they don't continue to learn and develop, then they will fall behind. They will not know what is current in the industry. You make an excellent point, Willem. And uh, I use an example that is quite practical for most plumbers. Uh, when we start talking about these things, sometimes it's difficult to, uh, to, to see into the future uh, what's coming for you and how it will impact your business. And you think, ah, oh, no, it's not going to have any real impact on my business. You know, we've done it like this for 30 years. We'll still be doing it like this for the 30 years. But I use this example, and it's a real-world example from the plumbing industry. 20-odd years ago, um, plumbers did uh, rainwater, all plumbers, lots and lots and lots of rainwater disposal, gutters and flashings and downpipes and uh, vent flashings and all sorts of things. It was all the plumbers' work, and it was a big portion, probably made up around about 20-odd percent of the type of work that a plumber did. And along came somebody with a very clever idea to have a, a, a roll of uh, aluminium on the back of a bucky with a little uh, little machine that forms the, the, the aluminium into a gutter, uh, and they stuck it on a trailer, and they started installing seamless aluminium gutters rolled on site and probably 99% of the plumbing industry thought well this is a fad it's never going to catch on it's uh, you know plumbers do this work and not somebody else and now talk to the plumbing merchants ask them how much uh, rainwater goods they sell it's almost zero most plumbing stores you go into you won't even find it anymore ask the plumbers how much Guttering and downpipe and rainwater disposal they do? Very, very little. Who does it? There's loads of these little franchises running around with a bucket and a trailer and this little machine and it just creates the gutter on site, quick, easy, and the plumbers lost a whole whack of their business. Now, fast forward now to 2020 and we're staring down the barrel 
of a whole lot of different technologies that are coming into the industry that are either a threat to the plumber's business or an opportunity to the plumber's business. And if we don't keep up to, to your point, if we don't keep up to date with the technology, with the standards, with, uh, with what's coming at us, if we don't continue to educate ourselves and grow ourselves, we simply are going to be left behind. You know, there's just taking a thing like drain cleaning. There's a huge amount of, of plumbers that are still driving around with, uh, with steel drain rods on the top of their van. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But who are they competing against now? They're pe- competing against people that are coming along with machines that can go down, that clean the drain so clean that you can virtually eat off it, uh, that are able to send down cameras and locators and crawlers, and, and, and it's become an absolutely professional business. Look at leak detection. Ten years ago, leak detection was like the dark art, something here on the side that sometimes worked and sometimes didn't, and people didn't really believe in, in this thing. But look at leak detection now. It is a very, very, very professional uh, um, part of the business, and it's really done well with really top-notch technology, and they are guys, plumbers now, that specialize only in leak detection and repairs. Now we have pipe relining. You know, there's still a lot of plumbers that are that are running around digging up people's gardens and driveways and and all this sort of thing, uh, causing great inconvenience and cost. But who are they competing against? They're competing against somebody that arrives with a camera, sticks it down the drain, sends a, a reliner down, pumps it up. A couple of hours later, boom, problem solved. No mess, no fuss. Now, if as an industry. If we don't recognize this as either an opportunity or a threat, uh, then you're going to be in big trouble. One day you're going to wake up, and I think a lot of plumbers right now are in that situation where they wake up and all of a sudden their business is half the size it used to be and they can't understand why. Brendan, on a more personal level, I'll continue with business just now. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I want to ask you on a more personal level. Um, Brendan is a person. Brendan Reynolds. Where do you hail from? So I was born and bred in Mayerton, which for those of you who don't know, it's a little dorpy, uh, sort of uh, nestled between uh, Vereniging and Alberton in Gauteng. Uh, and I grew up there. It was a great place to grow up. It was quite a rural place when, when I was a youngster. So we spent a lot of time in the copies and uh, catching snakes and all sorts of hojos and whatever. Uh, my parents' house was like a like a zoo at times, but uh, but yeah, great place to grow up as a youngster. And uh, and then I attended school at high school at a place called Saint John Bosco College, which was uh, which was a boarding school in Daleside. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, interesting for the time. Or that was in the in the sort of in the eighties, it was actually a multiracial school, so um, it was something quite different at the time. And uh, and I loved boarding school. I, I I was very happy there. I enjoyed it. had uh, had a great time. Only problems was it was a it was a boys school, so naughty. Uh, well, yeah. Besides <laughs> that, there were no girls. You know. Oh. <laughs> so eventually, they started allowing day scholars in, and uh, and that's where I met my wife. Oh wow. 
Yeah, and so my wife and I have been together since school. Um, now married for this year, 25 years. And um, wow. got two kids, 18-year-old just finishing matric now and a 21-year-old just finishing her third year at varsity. So, yeah, that's uh, that's who I am. Family guy. Family guy, I think, is... I, uh, I just wanted to ask, what makes you tick and what are you passionate about? Certainly family is one of it. Your, your, you know, your, your, your wife and your kids... Um, certainly, one of your your passions, and and but but what other what other what makes you tick, Brendan? What 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 drives you? Well, I suppose it's, it's sometimes difficult to define, but uh, there's a, there's a burning passion within me to do more. I, I kind of always feel like I can do more, I can do better. So uh, I, I'm I'm always trying to see how we in the plumbing industry and, and specifically within IOPSA, how we can do more. Uh, how, uh, today must be better than it was yesterday. Next week must be better than it was the week before. And uh, in my life, that's what drives me. So whether, whether it's at home with my family or with my friends or uh, whatever it is, I'm, I'm not a big hobby guy. Uh, I do a little bit of hiking. I do a little bit of fishing. Climbing Mount Everest. I do, a, yeah. I, I, I have a diverse, I can't say that I've got any one particular hobby that, or passion that, that really drives me. I suppose the closest would be rugby. But I think that might also have something to do with the beer. And, you know, it's like a combination <laughs> of things. You and know. the notches. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, getting back to, uh, to work. And, and, and your role and your position within IOPSA. Um, as the executive director, certainly you have your, your day-to-day tasks, um, your tasks that need to be done daily, tasks that need to be done weekly, and, and tasks that need to be done on, on, a, on a monthly basis. That we, it's, it's, it's in certain, uh, certain people would refer, refer to that as your whirlwind of tasks, your that's that's what goes on every day, and it's a whirlwind, and you 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 certainly snowed under work with that. But then, certainly, you you in your role and in your position, you face challenges that arise in your in your organisation, um, and that you, from your perspective and your role, need to sort out and manage. How do you find a balance? How do you find that balance between? Sorting out the crises and and the and the and the big issues on, you know, in addition and over and above your your daily world whirlwind of tasks that you have to take care of on a daily basis. I think that's a challenge for anybody in a in not only in a management role but in a in a career. And uh, I've yet to meet somebody that is able to do that on a consistent basis to focus on the big issues. And um, and and not worry about the small issues all the time. So I think the important thing is, and and the thing for me is to uh, regularly reset, because the whirlwind of activities, as you call it, uh, they're going to happen. The fires are going to spring up, and you're going to have to deal with them. And uh, and then it becomes difficult to stay focused. But I think if you take time. Uh, on a fairly regular basis, and it, it would be different for each and every person. But every couple of months, just take a little bit of time just to stop, reset, 
look at what the important issues are, look at what the really big strategic goals are and the really important things that you need to deal with and then reset. Guaranteed, in a month's time, the the whirlwind and the fire will have happened again and somehow mm-hmm. you will be slightly diverted. And then you reset again. So that, so that you stay on point on those key strategic and important goals that you that that you really want to achieve and that that are really important to you and then there's something that i learned in my career and i think it's a it's an important and if i can give a little bit of advice to anybody out there in your career is the most important thing is your family so so make sure that things are right at home first before you try and get things right at work. Because when things aren't right at home, I guarantee you they won't be right at work. It's going to impact it. Absolutely. So look at what are the important, the really important things in your home life and, and how do you keep that side balanced and then look at what's important in your, in your career and your job. Um, not saying that you neglect the one over the other, but you need to prioritize your family because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to support you through the tough times. And when you do need to work those late nights and those long hours, it's important that you have that family support behind you, backing you. So don't forget that. And I think a lot of us tend to forget that. And then it all falls down at home and shortly afterwards. It all falls down at work. Exactly. Exactly. Brendan, um, are there any highlights in your career uh, within IOPSA or within the plumbing industry for that matter um, that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah, so I, there's actually been a number of them. Um, some of them are highlights and some of them are lowlights. Uh, we, we must always remember that we learn and that some of the best experiences that you'll have in your, in your life are in the tough times. And that's where you actually grow the most. So, uh, there have been a number, but if I could pinpoint a couple of highlights, I would say probably when I was made a branch manager for the first time as a youngster. Um, this I'm talking on a career sort of, yeah, sort yeah. of path. Um, being promoted to head office for the first time. And then and then I would say uh, my role now in IOPSA, you know, I... I honestly see it as such an honor um and and i and i put a lot of pressure on myself because i understand the expectation from the industry and i understand that 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 uh, the plumbers deserve and demand a lot more from iopsa than they've than they've received over some of some of the previous periods in iopsis history and and i'm very aware of that so Although it's a great honor for me, it does come with some some pressure, to be honest. Great. Some great responsibilities there. Yes. Just before we say goodbye, it's time to hit the brakes one last time. We'd like to encourage our audience to follow Articulated Plumber on Instagram and Facebook, not only to find out more about the Man in the Van podcast, but also to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have. Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulate It Plumber. Brendan, do you have any final words or uh, final statements for the audience out there just before we close off this episode? Thanks, Willem. Yeah, I think 
Be proud. Whatever your role is in the plumbing industry, be proud. We are a very essential uh, part of the of of the economy and of the country. So be proud, and then you'll see that IOPSA is on a big uh, buy local campaign. I want to just encourage all your listeners, please go out there, buy local products. It's the only way we're going to recover our our economy and grow jobs in South Africa, and then obviously grow the the plumbing industry. So, guys, please go out there, buy local, and be proud of your industry. Thanks, Philip. Brendan, thank you so much for your time and your effort in joining me in studio today. And uh, thanks for the information that you shared. You know, you've you've brought some new perspective. Hopefully, brought some new perspective to the audience out there, um, both plumbers uh, and and the general consumer out there alike. Um, thanks for the audience. Thanks for having tuned in and having listened to this episode. Finally, it's time to switch off this engine. Cheerio. Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion.